Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Kudzu Radio Hour. This is Kudzu Radio Hour number 152, recorded on Saturday, June 26, 2021. After 30 days away, we're back, folks. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of a calamity and had to be in the hospital, but things are on the mend. Very thankful to everyone for your well wishes, prayers, and concern. I appreciate it. It means the world to me. It really does. So today, uh, Patrick Beach was unable to join us, but we do have myself, Billy Eli, and Jim Hemphill. Uh, for the program, and we're talking about the uh, the main uh, category we're going to talk about is after being in the hospital for 30 days with no music, what are the first five albums that you're going to play when you get home? <laughs> How about that? Because being locked up, not locked up, but being in um, that situation with no music just about drives you crazy. So when I first got home, I was playing a lot of records and that gave me this idea. So we got all kinds of stuff going and I hope you'll enjoy the program with us today. We love to have you. Please share the link everywhere you can. The uh, Kudzu Radio Hour, as always, is brought to you by the fine folks at Springer Mountain Farms. Fresh chicken, responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts ever. Get more information or order online at springermountain.com. Not only is Springer Mountain Chicken healthier for you, but it also tastes superior. Honestly, it does. I highly recommend the frozen, skinless, boneless uh, chicken breasts. Man, they're good grilled. They're so good. Springer Mountain Farms, folks. That's right. Springer Mountain Farms, just go to springermtn.com, springermountain.com, springermtn.com. Program's also brought to you by one of the greatest bands on earth, the Box Masters from Los Angeles, featuring uh, Bud Thornton, also known in his day job as Billy Bob Thornton, who is a great songwriter, singer, drummer, and um, his partner in crime, J.D. Andrew, is equally talented musician, writer, uh, producer, engineer. These two guys do it all, and they have recorded tons of great music. And the latest release is Light Rays, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. And everybody's excited because the band is getting ready to go out on tour this summer. They didn't get to go last summer because of COVID, but they are coming, so... If you're interested, just check the schedule at theboxmasters.com. Also, follow them on uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram. JD does a great job of keeping the Instagram account up to date with all kinds of uh, vintage pictures and all kinds of neat stuff, man. But remember to go to theboxmasters.com. That's that's it right there, baby. Now... The uh, there's still uh, issue number 41 of Kudzu Magazine is out at www.kudzumag.com. But we are working feverishly, we're behind, of course, because of the hospital thing, uh, to get issue number 42 out. 
and it's going to have a cover story on Chuck Lavelle, the piano player who played with the uh, Almond Brothers band back in the days of, uh, you know, right after Dwayne had uh, tragically died. And he went on to play uh, with everybody in the world, including being the band director and keyboard player for the Rolling Stones for years and years and years and years. I guess he still is. We've also got a fresh interview with Charlie Starr on Blackberry Smoke about uh, uh, his um, post-COVID doings and how they're opening things up a little bit or a lot. And uh, that's really happy. Plus, he, talk, he talks about the new album, uh, You Hear Georgia. It's a wonderful, 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 wonderful album. Uh, lots more, much, much more is coming in the issue of uh, Cut to Magazine number 42. We hope to have it out by July 1st. So working as hard as uh, possible to get that out. Please be sure to check out the video channel uh, on YouTube, Ambassador of Southern Rock. Just search for Ambassador of Southern Rock and please subscribe. Uh, the most recent things we posted is a interview with Harvey Jett of Black Oak, Arkansas. A fun interview with Jason Ringenberg of Jason and the Scorchers. Uh, Freddie Salem of the Outlaws. So much more at the Ambassador of Southern Rock page on YouTube. If you want to write to us about any things we've got going on, the magazine, the podcast, my books, uh, anything at all, anything at all, write to Kudzu Magazine. No, that's wrong. Kudzu Mag, K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G, Kudzu Mag at yahoo.com. And that's it, baby. Um, so we're going to kick things off with some real good time music from 1980 from the album, The River. This is Bruce Springsteen, the E Street Band. Uh, call a song called Sherry Darling. Let's crank it up. Turn it up to 11.
All right. Well, uh, that's a good way to kick off our return program on the Kudzu Radio Hour with Bruce Springsteen in the, I was trying to say Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen, the East Street Band from the album The River from 1980. The perpetual party song, Sherrod Darling. I'd like for y'all to welcome uh, my two, two of my co-hosts. One of them wasn't able to make it today. He'll be here hopefully next week, Patrick Beach. But we do have, as always, you know them, you love them, you can't live without them. From Massachusetts is Billy Eli up here. Hey, Bob, what's up, man? Uh, not much, man. And we got my friend from Austin, Tejas, uh, Jim Hemphill. Hey, Jim. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Going great, buddy. Going great. Just what's happy a, what's the weather here. like in Texas, Jim? I'm going to guess. I'm going to venture a guess and say hot. <laughs> 98 today. 98. Nice. Yeah. 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 Br- brisk, brisk summer day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's almost cold for that uh yeah it's uh well that's great glad to see you guys again after being away for basically 30 days um yeah pretty much doing that you know doing the hospital things you got to do sometimes when you don't oh can't do anything oh, you else. Said, oh you said being away for 30 days i, I thought you no i wasn't talking about else. i wasn't talking about you being <laughs> locked up again billy yeah i know what you mean 30 days in the hole uh another great song by the way all right uh the high fidelity is being turned over today to my pal jim hippill let's see what he comes up with all right y'all this one i call singles going steady with apologies to the buzzcocks whose singles compilation was called singles going steady and this is great singles bands and what i mean by that is bands that their uh their singles uh were you know more successful or that you like simply that you like better than their album cuts um you know that and the the reason that i got i came up with this is i found my old early 80s edition of the rolling stone record guide and we all love the band the rolling stones right but i was struck at the the few albums that they had that were rated five stars um some of the greatest rock and roll songs ever and you know certainly let it bleed sticky fingers exile on main street is a great one two three uh uh, run of records they had in the 70s but really the stones you know as opposed to some bands that had huge huge albums the stones really were about great songs to me right um and so you know yeah and so motown is a is another example right but that was kind of early on i'm talking about bands more in the rock era and another one that comes to mind for me is ccr right credence had was like the ultimate singles band to me because their so their singles were fantastic they're that's a really, really that's a really good choice man real really not known that much for the out for their albums and other than there's a riot going on i put sly and the family stone in there as well where you know these are bands where their greatest hits records you know are the ones that are real five-star records to me uh i would give some of the stones records five stars to it but 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 really they're more about uh, more about uh singles than uh, than uh, than albums and i you know i put the police in that category too if we're going to go to the 80s police had great singles their albums you know i i liked uh their third record uh uh it had one of those fake uh what was their third for third record uh Alondos de Amor was their first record 
Zenyata Mandata. Zenyata Mandata. That was my favorite police record, but still, I think they were more of a singles band. So anyway, that's that's my high fidelity. Think of a band or solo act or two or three that you think are real had great singles, but not so much albums. And I think I, a lot of country artists fall into this category. Yeah, well. and and I and I got one, man. Uh, so, go ahead. So so I'll go ahead and start. And and uh, man, and I'm gonna incur probably a bunch of hate mail from our listeners, but. I stand by this, man. The Marshall Tucker Band. They had great singles. I had a hard time getting real deep into their albums, man. But by, by about cut six or seven, it was, eh, not, yeah, it's okay. Musicianship was great. But the, but the material didn't hold up as well, man. You listen to, you know, their, their radio hits. Can't you see as much as I don't care if I ever hear that again <laughs> for too. the rest of my life. You, man, you you it's a great song, and you can't you can't take away from the fact that it's a great single, twenty four hours, and got that great great hook in that film part by uh by Charlie Daniels at the end, and uh that's why one time Buff we were doing a your favorite uh what's your favorite album by and we were picking an artist and this is for one of the shows we were doing ten years ago, and you said you asked me uh. So what's your favorite most Marshall Tucker album? I said, The Greatest Hits. Yeah, a lot of people That's say that. my yeah. favorite one. It's got all the stuff I... Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's... And again, it, it's not that their other albums were, were, were not good albums, just the material didn't hold up top to bottom. In my opinion, y'all, don't... Yeah, don't come and throw <laughs> anything that's lit on fire at my <laughs> it Just as long as it's not lit on fire. And, uh, well, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can throw it if you can throw it at the house if, it, if it's not yeah, okay, you know, yeah. flammable. <laughs> yeah, uh, so 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 that would be one. Jimmy mentioned the Stones, which you got a point, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick that one up. I'm gonna kind of stick with uh, I'm gonna kind of stick with bands that uh have been influences for me, and this one's kind of on the line. They have some albums that I think do kind of hold up but we're t- if we're talking in the main i don't think all those birds albums the albums were all that great man i mean they would have some good songs on them that even that weren't necessarily radio singles but man you you had to boy you had to filter through a lot of damn chafe to get yep. some good stuff and uh and you know uh the and their stuff uh, uh they're, my favorite albums of theirs uh, were like that live album that was done. Was that at Winterland or, uh, or uh, uh, damn, uh, the Fillmore West? That, that, mm-hmm. Right. The yeah. live album, you know the one I'm talking about, man. I do. Clarence, With Clarence. She's a fit on yeah. Nashville yeah. West. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, but a lot, a, a lot of their albums just, uh, you know, the, 10 11 10 11 cuts four or five two or three really good songs two or three not so bad songs and then it was then you would kind of blow the equator there and and you know and, and again musicianship was good and material just didn't hold up and uh that really happened in that i thought in that late stage uh before they went country when they were wrapping up this their sort of jangle pop psychedelic thing and they were doing stuff like uh 
I want to grow up to be a politician and, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't even remember what album that's off of, but I have that somewhere. Well, I do that. I lost it in the first divorce. Um, my, that's two. Let's see if I can think of a third one. Um, that's all I got off the top of my head. Let Buff go and I'll see if I can think of something. Well, I, I was, I was basically usually on this thing. I usually just name one thing, but, uh, Jim asked for three. So, uh, I, I'm not kidding. Well, you don't got to do three. I probably can I mean, do two. I can probably do two. I want to add to Billy Eli's, uh, you know, Marshall Tucker thing by saying, uh, the word ditto. Actually, you made a good point there. Um, uh, yeah. And with, can't you see great song, but I've sang and played it and heard it so many times. It's kind of like free bird. It makes me cringe and they play it on rock classic rock radio every other hour. Right. So anyway, but the, the one of the singles uh, from 75 that I never get tired of is This Old Cowboy. Man, that, Yeah, that, I love that song. That's that's a really good picking, man. Anyway, moving along. It is. I got a couple. I got a couple. Um, the first one is from the 70s. It reminds me of high school. And there's a guy named Ringo Starr. And uh, mm. his albums were kind of neither here nor there, but he had the singles where he redid that old song only 16 and he did photograph and uh let's see several several he did the no-no song about the no-no song what actually yeah yeah i don't uh, don't, it don't no come way. easy it don't come it don't easy. come easy all great those great single. singles yeah in fact i've still got those singles so just touching off of ringo my other one is uh you talk about incurring some wrath from people when i say this the beatles yeah no, uh, yeah. Was, uh, the first time I heard of the Beatles, uh, I got a record player for Christmas in 45s. If I want to hold your hand and she loves you and all that. And from there on, I was buying Beatles 45s. And I think the first album I ever bought was uh, a, a Rubber Soul, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, I started getting into the albums later, but it's a good record. I, I had that record. Yeah, I mean, but you know, the, the singles, I was living on singles for, as a young man up through early teens, um, mostly singles and before I got into albums. So that's, that's my other one. Ringo yeah, no, and I, or the Beatles. Yeah. I don't think the Beatles became really an album band until uh, Rubber Soul. And yeah, yeah. of course, you know, in the United States, we had the, the problem of getting you know, with Rubber Soul and Revolver, which are two, my two favorite Beatles albums. Uh, two. We, we, we originally got, right. you know, uh, cut down versions of those. So, uh, and I want to make something clear about the Stones because I frankly rate the, most of the Stones albums higher than the, that old Rolling Stone record guy. I think they've got at least, what, Aftermath, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street, Some Girls, to me, are all five-star albums. Yes, sir. Uh, but, I mean, some, some of their great... Some, girl, some Girls and... And, t and t uh, what's the one after that? Uh, tattoo uh, you. Tattoo. Oh mm -hmm. God, I love tattoo that. Tattoo you. Tattoo you. Yeah, I. That's a man, and that's a, that album's deep, man. It rocks. Yeah, it you rocks. Know, I mean, for an album. But I mean, they're you know, their great songs are so great to me, you know, that that they kind of overshadow a lot of their a lot of the albums, uh, right. because it's just such such great great right. songs. No. But anyway. Well, that I, that'll wrap okay, up I, that part of the save. Unless you got one more okay, thing, Billy, okay. do you? I I got yeah, I got a, I got a third, and I was thinking, okay, go ahead. and as y'all know, man, I, I really like that. I really like those, you know, 
the honky tonk thing is obvious. I, I really like those Southern California country rock bands, uh, or Northern California uh, country rock bands. And then one of my favorite bands was the New Riders of the Purple Sage, and I like their hits. You know, you got to really be careful buying one of their albums because so much of the material is just not very good. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll have it'll have three good songs on it, and then it's got a bunch of stuff that. You might grow to like it over time, but it's not anything that you just uh, that you just listen to and uh, and go, oh yeah, man, this is great. You know, it. Uh, hey, before we wander off from this, since we did a little kind of mini segment in here about the Beatles and uh, Buff, you were talking about your the uh, singles that you had early that you like. Uh, once you. Uh, B both of you guys, what's your favorite uh, early Beatles, early era Beatles? What's your favorite song when they were still kind of a you know pop, you know flavor of the? I don't like using flavor of the month because they weren't ever exactly that. But you know when they were the mop top and before they got into songwriting and kind of you know revolutionizing the way that you could make an album and things like that. Or early early era, what's your favorite? Mine's love me do. Yeah. Mine's probably all my loving. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the I love the way the chords work together. In that yeah, song. it's funny you, you pick, Jim picked the exact same one I I was going to because one of the first experiences I, I had. In I, I was breaking up. What did Jim pick? All, uh, my, all loving. my loving. All my loving. Oh all yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. So I, this is when I discovered really what, what stereo could do. I had, a um, stereo with separate speakers and the way all my loving was, you could just turn to one, to the right channel and the vocals would be gone. So I could sing along with it like karaoke. Yeah. So I played that was that, the, all my loving over and over and over. Yeah, that was the fake stereo because they yeah. really recorded all those in mono and then they didn't really care about the stereo stuff back then and they just were around for the mono mixes and then they yeah. just they figured they had to do stereo records so they just kind of did a primitive separation like that. But it's got great just chords. Ban, ban John, Le yeah. John Lennon's rhythm playing on that song is amazing. He's got a great right hand. And then George does kind of this rockabilly solo. It's just a, it's a, just a great record. It's all, yeah, George is king. I was going to tack on there quickly. Uh, my real Beatles um, favorite thing was the two albums, the blue one and the red one with all the hits. Sure. Uh, you know, golly bum, it had everything. And that that's when I really learned how much I love the Beatles when I got those albums. Anyway, that's enough about the Beatles. Well, there's never. I heard that the harmonic. I heard that harmonica hook on uh, "Love Me Do," and I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is this is not what I was expecting." Yeah. <laughs> so you, we've all heard the story of how you learned to play that harmonica, right? Did you know? I hadn't, but you know who? No, told, but I mean, you, I'm, you, I'm. It's John Lennon, right? Yeah. And uh, you know who taught him to play it? Delbert McClinton. Well, it wasn't Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who. Delbert McClinton taught him. Yeah, Delbert was just a young kid, just getting going. But John said, "Hey, how do you play that thing?" And he showed him. Yep. Apparently, he learned in about thirty minutes. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Good. 
let's move into the uh, recommendations. And uh, I, I want to say, uh, I'll go ahead and do mine because it'll take all of less than one minute. I wasn't going to have any, right. but I thought I would do this. These are my hospital recommendations because Coop did a hospital that had a TV with a broken <laughs> sound thing, had a broken speaker. So everything's and all it would play on there was Comedy Central or TV Land. So I watched ungodly <laughs> marathons of Golden Girls, Two and a Half Men, and The Andy Griffith Show, which, of course, I could watch Andy all the time. So I think I had probably seen every episode of all three of those shows. I didn't realize how funny Two and a Half Men could be at times. I never did really watch it that much, but it was pretty funny. The Golden Girls still craps me up, cracks me up. It really does. Uh, I love Betty White. I would marry Betty White. Well, no, she's a little too old. Did you get it, sick of that damn thank you for being a friend thing? Oh, God. Good you know, sick God. Of it before, yeah, I was I was sick of that before the, they even started <sighs> making the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lord. Before they even oh. started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It, it, some of those theme songs and all just wear on you. Well, that uh, with the the really fucked up part of that that wasn't originally a theme song that was a damn that was yes. at least like an honest to god song like in what 79 78 something like that yeah it was yeah it, it's always been awful it has been yes <laughs> yes you're yes right and one of these days one of these and days that's of the show, we, and that's why we—that's why we added him to the panel. <laughs> he brings—he brings concise, spot-on analysis, and, like and a lot—a lot of—a lot of truth too, by the way. But the uh, sometime in the future, we need to do a thing about the um, the the TV theme, the most obnoxious TV theme songs. That would be so much fun because there's so many of them that you just found. You, How in the how in the hell would you even narrow it to just five? I know that. Well, well most of our things is that way. So, uh, anyway, recommendations. That's that's my uh, lame ass uh, thing. So, either one y'all got a recommendation? Go. Sure. So you know, I'm usually one or two years behind the times on Netflix stuff. Um, I guess I just started watching Netflix series later than everyone else. And so I'm still catching up. So this, this is another instance of me being behind the times and something that people, these people were watching this show two years ago, but I just caught up with it in the last month. And that is mind Hunter. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the first season. I didn't ever pick it up again. But oh, it was, man, it was good. It was interesting and based on, you know, mostly factual stuff. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's about the the formation of the FBI Behavioral Science Unit, which is the, the, the people who invented the term serial killer and invented the, the art, quote unquote, of profiling, of criminal profiling. Right. And uh, it's based on John Douglas's book of the same name. And the main character in the series is kind of based on John Douglas, who was at the time back in the 70s, kind of a young, hot shot, slightly arrogant dude who thought he could figure out why people are serial killers. Uh, and then he's got an older guy based on this guy, Robert Ressler, who, who worked with him. 
and um, you know they it's fictionalized. They don't use their real names, but they do interview lots of real life serial killers. Right, I mean, they right. have actors playing the serial killers, but they're at, they're right. not fake serial killers. They're real serial but, Edmund and, Camper and, uh, and, and Charles it's, Manson. And it's, and it's and, based on interviews. It, it, it's based on actual interviews that, right. that those real life serial killers things they said yeah and the and the guy behind the series is david fincher who who obviously has a serial killer fascination he directed seven and zodiac about the which is a you know a, a fact-based fiction movie based on uh the zodiac killer which right. i think was a great movie it uh, was. I, I, seven was a little too disturbing for me but yeah, uh, yeah. Zo zodiac was really 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 good yeah. And, uh, and so it's, the, the thing is that they only did two seasons. The plan was to do five. Uh, it got really expensive and Fincher said, you know, if we can't, because it, it apparently didn't get as many viewers as they thought it would because the, for whatever reason, but the budget was really high. And just in the last month, Fincher has talked about the possibility of maybe doing a third season. And it would be great because the they set up future seasons in the season uh you know and one of the themes they have going through it is right. the btk strangler in wichita which was really planned to be the as i understand it was planned to be the fifth season was supposed to end with the capture of him because he defied a lot of the profiles and so he kind of showed where profiling didn't work because uh, he was married, he had a steady job, he had kids, and everyone thought that there was no way that any of that was going to be true, and it was. It was, and so it was kind of fascinating look into abnormal psychology. My wife asked me, "Why do you watch these things? What fascinates you?" And I guess it's just the the whole mystery. Mystery fascinates me, and I guess it fascinates a lot of people because true crime is a pretty popular genre right now, and and also just the idea of how people could be so abnormal in in one slice of their life but anyway i really enjoyed watching it i kind of binged it uh and uh, so you know be prepared there's only two seasons and it doesn't come to a satisfactory conclusion uh but um oh. you know, there might be more coming so <laughs> well i gotta say jim uh i loved that show in fact um i mean i was just on the edge of my seat watching those uh, shows and I've been keeping up with two with him saying he's thinking about doing a third. He really, I really hope he does because like you say, it's such a mixture of taking the real life stories. And like Pat Conroy told me one time, he said, I write faction, you know, which is fiction based on real life. And that's kind of what that is. But yep. man, I, I, yeah, man, it was fantastic. Okay, Billy. <laughs> you got anything to recommend? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> I do, but I'm mailing this in and it's probably not. Well, no, I, I got something I've been watching because the, uh, the, uh, uh, fifth season, uh, premiere, uh, of the cartoon that I watch on Hulu. I, I don't know what channel it's originally on. It's called Rick and Morty. And, uh, oh, yeah. I, I like surreal adult cartoons and, and, uh, and this one, I, I don't know if our, any of y'all are familiar with Rick and Morty. He's like the smartest person in the universe, Rick, Rick Sanchez. Morty is his kind of not real bright grandson. And he, and, and it's, man, the show is really hard to describe. You, you just kind of have to watch it. But Rick is totally self-involved and totally about what he's doing. And he knows how to jump to different dimensions. And it's all this stuff with, 
space aliens and robots and all kind of weird shit. And uh, it, it's it's just funny because uh, the attitude you see, like, you know, a, a narcissistic somebody is the same like it would be in real life if you just work down at like donut shop. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to sort of describe or explain why I like it, but I think it's funny as hell. So, uh, yeah, anybody that likes a good laugh, I recommend that. And, uh, and I have a movie because last week, just I don't know why, but I watched uh, Little Big Man again, and I hadn't seen that <laughs> shit 30, almost 30 years. And Great. I forgot, I had forgotten the contrast between the narration which is funny as hell <laughs> and the actual content which is dark as hell and you know just I, I could say man check that out again and if you don't feel like watching it just put on some earbuds and just listen to the dialogue against narration yeah. it's uh it I, there's a there's a level of brilliance in there that I that I had forgotten about or had never caught before of the fact that he's humorously talking about things that are actually pretty horrible, but he's doing a thing that people do where he's you know kind of make making it you know funny or or just blunt. It, it's comical in its bluntness. Uh, it is a long movie, but uh, yeah, and it's on Amazon Prime. It's uh, that's where I watched it, and then cool. my then my two. Well, cool. yeah, yeah, I just want to say that uh, I, I, as somebody who studied theater and acting, and that was my major, we used to watch what we called actors' movies, and a lot yeah. of Dustin, a lot of Dustin Hoffman movies like that one, straight up actor movie. When he was the oldest man in the world, what a great makeup job. God, yeah, well, and it, uh, and his voice. I mean, which I'm adds the last that, survivor of Custer's last stand, which which <laughs> adds to that comical narration. Like I said, the you know the the, the, the uh, that scene where he he becomes a husband to all his wife's sisters because all their husbands have been killed. Yeah, uh, and uh, and he's talking about well he he didn't want to uh you know he he he. He didn't want to be unkind and turn them down, but he wasn't really sure he wanted to have four wives. And uh, when he when he finally decides, okay, he, he'll he'll be their husband, and he, he goes to he goes into the the teepee, and the three sisters are all in there, and he, he goes and he, he's with the first one, he's getting ready to leave, and she she tells him, and this is in the movie part, not the narration, and she says, no, don't go, stay. The other sister, they're coughing to get his attention. So one of the other sisters going <laughs> is wanting him to come over where she's at. <laughs> and uh he turns he turns to the one he's he's with and he's just had sex with, and he says, I'll be back. And, and Dustin Hobbins, I'll be back. And the narration says, I'll boast and I assure you. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's, it's funny shit like that, man. That was any and, and like you said, he did it in that creaky what he was a hundred and eleven years old at the time of that documentary. Yeah. Anyway, that was it. 
Well, that's good. Uh, and Rick and Morty just reminded me of something. The guy who behind that, <sighs> one of the guys behind it, Dan Harmon, also did uh, the the TV series Community. Uh, and I've been watching that on on Netflix as well, and it's pretty damn funny. That's I, you know I hadn't watched it. Now Pam watched the whole damn thing, and uh, yeah, she recommended. Okay, are we ready to move along? Well, all right then. I tell you what, let's uh, move into our category of today, and I I kind of I don't know why I picked this, but it's kind of a timely for me. It's a, uh, so as you all probably know, and we're not going to talk about it on the show, but I was in the hospital for the past 30 days, 30 days in a hole, 30 days in a hole. And I didn't have any music or MP3 player or anything. All I had was bad TV the whole time. And I missed my music so much and didn't have a, anything not even my ipod i couldn't get it because i didn't know anybody could bring it to me or anything so i thought what are the first five albums that i'm gonna play when i get home you know just the first five that i'm gonna play because there's gonna be music going on in my house all the time anyway anytime i'm writing or anything i've got stuff playing so we all just pick i wanted all of us to pick say you were in the hospital for 30 days What's the first five records that you would play once you got home? So one of you guys can go first, either one. Sure. I can go. All right. Um, I have a tradition that every time I get some kind of new stereo component, new receiver, new turntable, cassette deck, or if I've had one in for service or something, the first record I play is cheap trick in color. And it is the first cheap trick album that i ever had it's what started me off on a lifetime of of being a huge cheap trick fan as i've said before i've seen him somewhere between 25 and 30 times uh and i just know that record uh to me it's probably their best collection of songs although the first three albums are all great um the production is a little tame as has been discussed but but that's kind of the record that i put on there and it starts out with hello there and just keeps going great power pop songs uh and uh so that's probably the first thing i would put on because it's kind of a tradition with me uh the next the next and a lot of these are going to really speak to my you know guitar pop kind of proclivities the next one i probably would put on would be hard day's night by the beatles and we talked about the Beatles a little bit earlier in the show. And I said, my two favorite Beatles albums are revolver and rubber soul, which are true, but hard days night is my musical comfort food. We had that for one of our high fidelity categories at one right. point. And I just, it just always makes me feel good to listen to hard days night. So I'd probably listen to that. Keeping up with the power pop. The next one would be Matthew sweets, girlfriend, an early nineties. Brilliant. Ex wasn't expecting that one out of you. Brilliant power pop record with amazing guitar playing by Richard Lloyd and Robert Quine, two of the greatest kind of off the wall guitarists of the seventies. Uh, and then went into the, played with Matthew Sweet in the nineties. And uh, I just, I just love that record. Uh, and so that's also kind of a comfort food record. It gets a little long because it's in the early days of CDs, right? Everyone wanted to make their records as long as a CD could be. Yeah. So you get 18 these, cuts on it. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but, man some of the songs on girlfriend are just just amazing then i'd get just a little bit funkier but still sticking in rock and roll 
and I put on Princess Purple Rain, which is a record that I can always listen to. That was uh, just, you know, I, I might. I, I would say that, you know, people that 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 know you and and know the stuff you play and 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 what what might would think oh what an odd choice but i don't think that at all man it's got great songwriting it's mm -hmm. got great production it's yep. got impeccable guitar parts it's it's the it's exactly the stuff you like in a record man so i yeah that one doesn't surprise me yeah the, I, Ma I, the I, matthew it, sweet one kind of did <laughs> I, you know, and I like I might like uh, I might like 1999 better as a whole as an album, but Purple Rain is again falls into that comfort food category for me. I listened to it so much in the mid '80s. Know every note, everything that goes, you know, the whole sequence, everything about it is just a great record. And so I've got through four, and I didn't have any female voices, so I've my fifth is going to be a tie. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. We like we never do that on this show, right? <laughs> and it's it's going to be probably in between Parallel Lines by Blondie and the first Pretenders record. Um, very different records, but uh, not too far apart in time, and both records that I love very very much uh parallel lines is just all great pop and then of course with a with a, a dance song with heart of glass but most of it is just kind of you know uh late 70s early 80s style power pop with some throwback to the 60s girl group stuff great production and almost every song is great and you even get robert fripp on one song on fade away and radiate which is which is so cool and then the first pretenders album is again one of my favorite records it's a it's five stars all the way for me great james honeyman scott guitar playing chrissy hind uh some some song great songs uh, real tough to start out with. And then they, there's some, you know, there's some more pop jangly stuff with uh, the cover of stop your sobbing and, but, but songs like precious and tattooed love boys and up the neck, uh, the phone call, just really good rock and roll. Um, you know, just a terrific, terrific record. So those are the, the first ones that come to mind is what I'm putting on uh, when I, when I get there. Uh, and there's, you know, some of my favorite bands aren't on there. There's no REM, there's no Husker Du, there's no replacements, but these are records that are very specifically, you know, things that have, I've lived with a long time and are very comforting to me. So that's what I think I would want when I come back, when I come back from 30 days in the hole is something <laughs> that, that I'm familiar with. And that's gonna, it's gonna kind of calm me down and comfort me. So, you know, not my favorite records, but but I think uh, those that would really kind of fit the bill for this for this uh, this category. Well, that's a good list. I tell you, I really was surprised there was no New York Dolls on there. Yeah, same thing. You know, I love the New York Dolls, and you know, the New York Dolls, uh, you know, are probably the both of their records probably would rate higher than any of those that I that I uh, that I put down. But this is not again not my favorite records. These are the records for a specific Ex circumstance. Exactly. Perfect. Yes. Yes. This man, was a this was an interesting uh, to me a category because it's kind of a cross between what are your favorite records and what are your comfort food records and 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 like jim if i had been 30 days without uh if i had been 30 days with, without in the hole you know uh 
Uh, yeah. My, uh, the, I would probably go with some of my favorite artists, but it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be my favorite albums by those artists. So, uh, for instance, I, I would I, I would still want to hear a uh, Flying Burritos Brothers album because man, that that's the Bible to me. Man. I mean. I, uh, but it wouldn't be Gilded Palace, which is my favorite record. Uh, it'd be the second album with title I'm blanking on. Uh, Burrito Deluxe. Bur yeah, and it's got Cody Cody. It's got the original version of Wild Horses on it. Uh, and I, I thought top to bottom, the songwriting fell off a little bit from their first one. But on the other hand, that was uh, – you know, you hear about the sophomore slump, and I don't necessarily that know that I believe in the sophomore slump, but they had had a, a lot more time to put that first album together, and it still had kind of a high-wild feel to it. And in Burrito Deluxe, man, it felt like the songwriting had settled in, and, and it was still really good. That would be a comfort one I would do. I'm going to pick one. This is an album that I've never actually owned a copy of. I got turned on to it. Uh, from uh, our friend Andy Smith, you know him, Jim. Uh, sure. That, that lives uh, uh, over in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I only got turned on to this uh, uh, about a year, maybe fourteen months ago. And I got a, uh, I got a text from him, and he said, "Hey, man, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm not doing anything." And he said, "Uh, I'm like, man, I'm just sitting here looking out the window." And he said, "Uh." There's an album, there's a there's a Muddy Waters album that's available on uh, YouTube, and the full record of, is available, and it's called Folk Singer, and you should go and, and listen to it. And I don't remember all the cuts on it. I listened to it a few times. It's got uh, Big Legged Woman. Uh, you know, it's got a lot of its standards. But here was the thing. If I had been 30 days in the hole, I would want to hear something that was that live, and that tight, and that good, because that was a live record with his band. They mic'd everybody. They were on a stage somewhere, and it, it sounded just like a good, tight, well-put-together live set played by a band that's great musicians and know how to play with each other. It just... That it's that's restorative, man. If I had been thirty days in the hole, I'd be, yeah, I like to know that there's still there's still musicians out there that that this is the gold standard. You know, the the things that are on this record are the gold standard. Uh, uh that's two. I would certainly do a Dylan album, probably Blonde on Blonde. Uh, couple of real good singles on there. Uh, I won't use one of my one of my favorite ones. Uh, one, uh, and just like a woman is is a friend of mine pointed out to me that's one of those songs that uh, just like a woman that that Dylan wrote that is this sort of wistful reminiscence of, of a of a woman that he had known. He mostly does not do that. <laughs> When, when he writes about women he's known, it's mostly not wistful. It's, yes, you know, that is true. It's, it, right. 
<laughs> right. A lot of times, yeah. A lot of times it's positive and forced. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Of. Or yeah. like a Rolling Stone. Yeah. That. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, and I don't know where in the order that was. That was before John Wesley Harden, wasn't it? Uh, Nashville Skyline. I'm sorry. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was just one album before that, right? Right. I think that's right. Yeah. He was already kind of trending in that sort of country, in that country feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's always been one of my favorite Dylan albums. So, yeah. Mine, after, mine after, after 30 days in the hole. Yeah. Uh, that and, uh, yeah, and, and Burrito Deluxe. But I want to listen to them at Jim's place on his turntable <laughs> while we while we drink buffalo trace <laughs> that sounds good that's a yeah that's a hell of a day and by the uh, way i was I, I i was drinking from a bottle i've got a bottle of blanton's yesterday and was drinking from it and it's as good as ever yeah well speaking of gone, buffalo it, trace it's gone a lot it's gotten a lot pricier in texas hasn't it? yeah it's impossible to find yeah and when you do find it, it's what hundred forty dollars. No, well, I, it's long stories how I got this, but uh, it has. <laughs> but no money yeah. came out of my pocket. That's all we I'm going to say. We don't. We don't need to go into that. No, no. <laughs> you, no. you know the the thing that matters. You got a bottle of blends, <laughs> and it was delicious. That's that's damn good bourbon, man. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it sorry. It doesn't need ice or anything. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was drinking Makers a couple nights ago. Anyway, Ugh. so that was three. Uh, and here's what I was going to do for my number four pick. I would absolutely pick something by Tom Petty. I don't know a particular album, so here's what I, I was going to throw it to the panel. If you had to pick a Tom Petty album after 30 days in the hole, which one would it be? Well, for me, the answer is probably the obvious one. Uh, with damn the torpedoes but i'd have to give serious consideration to hard promises because of the because of some of the tracks on hard promises See, like this really explains why me and you've been playing in a band together for 22 years because <laughs> i couldn't pick between damn the torpedoes or hard promises man damn the torpedoes is just such a good hook ridden badass they were all at the top of their game album but Hard Promises has all those great, great songs. Exactly, <laughs> and I might want to. I might want to hear "Woman in Love" and "The Insider" and and yeah, "The Waiting" yeah. and, so, and something night, big. Yeah, yeah. Something big, yeah. So <laughs> that, that that'd be a tough one. Yeah. So I'm gonna. For, so yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna cheat. We never do that on this show. I know. <laughs> but uh, but for for my number uh. Well, you didn't get you didn't get mine. You asked you was asking him, but you didn't ask what. what well, uh, well, I was just I was <laughs> going to leave me out. I'm, I'm, I, no, I'm double ignoring. As if I'm not even here. No, I'm just kidding. It's, a, it's as it's as if you had died. <laughs> yeah, almost <laughs> a, little, a little too close, right? Okay, what what's yours? It's a tie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Southern accents and wildflowers are my two favorite Tom Petty albums. Ever. You know, again, uh, I. I didn't even think anything from the uh, from the later period, you know, after he was doing the solo stuff. I, I mean, and I still listen to his, I still listen to his music and and still had some of it. But uh, 
I don't know. It's, it's sort of those informative and establishment years that are the things that I really like. But uh, Wildflowers is a good choice. And Great choice. It's kind of funny that you mentioned Southern Accents because uh, a lot of his fans, that's their least favorite album. Because oh, come on. He, well, uh, wasn't a producer, Dave Stewart. It was really out of character. And it was Great different stuff, than anything he had done. But again, the songs on that damn thing. Great, Spike man. forever, man. Spike forever. Man, uh, uh, <laughs> what's uh that damn sad broken love ballad? Uh, oh yeah. Wherever you are tonight. Yeah. Uh, be- the the title is best of everything. And uh, I was born a rebel. And and yeah and uh, that that was that's one of my favorite uh of his albums just because uh. Well, it didn't sound like something Jimmy I produced, <laughs> which by that time I was getting a, that was starting to get a little repetitious. Man. Back when my band used to play that song rebels, I, I had to, I, just for fun, I was singing it and I would sing, I was Barney rubble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody did that. Did they? I that, 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 that wasn't just you. Man. Oh, good, good, good. I was I Barney rubble. God knows yeah. I wouldn't want to be original. So go ahead. <laughs> Anyway, so no, nah, that's no, nah, those two good choices. Yeah, they're great um, albums. All I, everything he did was great, though. You know what? Every pretty much everything he ever did was pretty doggone good. And I need one just mostly straight up country record, uh, that's not Southern California country rock. And I'm gonna go with uh, and this is a toss up. The most famous one with the best song selection on it uh, is Commander Cody. And, you know, live from the Armadillo World Headquarters. Man, Trucker's Favorites. I had I like that one too, man. That, that Mama Hated Diesels and looking at the world through a windshield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yes, uh, I, and I'm going to call them one album the same way that I did with the Petty thing. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take those two albums and call it one. And those are, those would be my, I just got out of 30 days in the hole. And that, that's what I'd listen to first. Great. Oh man. Great. Great stuff. Well, mine, <laughs> what I did was actually, I listed the ones that I actually did play. Oh, first, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but I'm going to start out with uh, the band that we all love called Kiss. <laughs> Some of us do. The Destroyer album came out when I was a senior in high school in 76. And just hearing that makes me feel young again. The original four members in the band, they just changed my world forever with the Alive and then followed up with Destroyer. And that, that album uh, that Bob Ezrin produced is just uh, so artistic and everything. And, you know, of course, everybody knows Beth. And that's my least favorite song on the album, of course. Well, love, it's, it's only yeah. ballad, isn't it? It's just a power ballad. But that's, but, that's, we're talking about the Destroyer album, correct? Uh-huh, yeah. That had Detroit Rock City. Huh? Detroit Rock <laughs> City. And my, my favorite cut of all was God of Thunder that Gene did. Uh, very, 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 very good. Uh, two albums that are never seen together. <laughs> My next one is 
one of my real musical heroes, Graham Parsons, and the album was Return, <laughs> Return of the Grievous Angel. Uh, another really good album, and that one almost made my list. Yeah. See, Alone or with the Burrito Brothers or the Birds or International Submarine Band, Graham was always, to me, one of the most un unique and amazing talents. And, of course, we all know the whole story of how he died way too young. But he was such a major influence on music. And, uh, you know, Bonnie Bramlett has told me time and time again how big an influence he was on Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. And it's obvious he was a huge uh, influence on Keith Richards and the Rolling Stones, too. So in that, those young years that, you know, dying so young, he still managed to put out tons of music. And, yeah, a lot of covers, but also wow. a lot of uh, – a lot of influence and without him i don't i really like without grand parsons i'm not sure the country rock scene in california would have taken off like it did really uh, i give him a lot of credit for that and also feeding off of that came the the genre of southern rock and i look at grand parsons as one of the founders if you want to call it southern rock whatever the hell that is anyway well i mean you, you you can i mean he he did in fact take all those influences he had florida and georgia and roll them into you know what at the time he started was psychedelia but i mean it didn't really sound psychedelic because right because he wasn't from san francisco this or is... new york or chicago i mean he's turned so many hippies on the country music you know uh, <laughs> He, he turned a lot of people on the country that would have never really listened to country, you know, um, just did a lot of great stuff. And I'm still a, I will always be a diehard fan of Parsons. Um, my next one is also rather obvious. People that know me is Bruce Springsteen, the river, uh, mm -hmm. two albums set from 1980 that just still blows my dress up, so to speak. I remember when I came out, man. Oh, God. I just That's... start my senior year in, in high school. And, oh, <laughs> God, that was a good record. <laughs> first album, the first Springsteen I ever bought at Horizon Records when it came out in 1980. Then I went back, and, you know, and got the older stuff, but that was the first one I ever heard. And, um, you know, playing those two albums over and over and again on the turntable, like Sherry Darling that we played at the top of the program. It's just a party song. So many of those on their Cadillac Ranch is just a rocker, rocker, rocker. Um, the ties that bind, the you know, the title cut, the beautiful song, The River. Uh, still my favorite Springsteen album. And here's a little story for y'all. A friend of mine said that while they were trying to wake me up from my coma, various friends were there all week coming in and talking to me and stuff. But one of my buds, just it just dawned on him to say, hey, Buffalo, you want to hear some music? And he said, I was laying there. He said, you want to hear some Springsteen? And he swears that I opened up my eyes real wide and did a sort of a coy smile and closed my eyes back. So he pulled out his phone and went to Spotify. I was playing some Springsteen. And he said that I kind of had this little slight smile on my face. Even though I was in a coma, I was, you know, hearing Springsteen. So I thought that was a rather interesting story, uh, and you know, because we – the brain is a mysterious thing, man. It really I, th is. I think it's I think it's cool. You you picked uh you picked uh, uh, an album. Uh, you have two you have two albums on your list, right? From the eighties, at least. Yeah, there's one more. Uh, is yeah, is it uh, is it gonna be John Lennon? <laughs> no, 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 John Lennon. Uh, well, I I just again, man, you know the way you'll tie music to events. Like I said, I just started 
my senior year and in the, in the first half of the year when I was a senior in high school in the river and uh 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 Lemons I can't Starting remember over. What, yeah yeah what, uh whichever one came out in eighty was that double fantasy double fantasy yeah. was starting over right? yeah. and uh yep. yeah yep. starting over and uh beautiful didn't boy have a song when they called nobody told me there'd be days like this yeah, but, uh, yeah. and, and and that stuff was that stuff was just it was everywhere on the radio, man. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that was just an observation I was well, making. I can dig it. Well, I got two more of mine. Um, uh, one of them is an album by the Almond Brothers called "Back Where It All Begins." Now this uh, this album came out, you know, later on, and God knows I love the original Almond Brothers. But the lineup they have with Warren Haynes, Alan, Alan Woody, and Dickie Betts is still probably my favorite. I, I love it. Um, the title track, Back to Where It All Begins, written by Dickie Betts and sung by Dickie, is one of the most positive and uplifting songs ever, where he sings about when we reach the end, we'll all be together and we'll all be friends back where it all begins. It's kind of a statement on the fact that the band had kind of splintered and they weren't really getting along, but he felt like somewhere in another, you know, I don't know if it's in another life or down the road or whatever, that they would all come together and all the crap would go under the rug and just the happy times would surface. So, uh, and the song itself is just so bouncy. And uh, I've got it queued up to play at the end of the program today for those of you who aren't familiar with Back Where It All Begins. Anyway, uh, I've got one more. Uh, back in uh, 1980, I was driving, God, probably 40 or 45 miles to see my girlfriend who lived in another city and the same distance back home. And I did that quite often. And all I had in my vehicle was a cassette player. And I had purchased a new cassette tape by Elvis Costello and the attractions called Get Happy. Oh, <laughs> 26 amazing songs. Most of them two to two and a half minutes long. Like rock and roll is meant to be. As a great period of my life, I kept that cassette going. Great songs, great songs like uh, Love for Tender, Man Called Uncle, Opportunity. I Can't Stand Up for Falling Down. It's one of my favorites, Black and White World. And uh, anyway, that's, uh, so Elvis Costello and the Attractions is my, um, and there he is. Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Get Happy is my final one. And uh, that'll wrap it up for that part, right? Cool. Cool. So, uh, cool. you know, we had a category picked earlier and we never did get to do it. So if you guys are open for next week for that, we'll do this. It's called a uh, video killed the radio star. Music, oh yeah. Music videos that were so powerful that they burned into your very mind videos. You'd sit watching MTV for hours just to hope and see that video again. You this ought to be interesting because yeah. some of my favorite videos were actually to songs I did not particularly like. Yeah, of course. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Especially when you had the, who was it? You were talking about one time on one other show, you were talking about, was it White Snake that had the hot girl on the. Yeah, Tony Katane, man. The, they've covered the late, the late Tony Katane. The late yeah. Tony Katane. She was, she was a beauty, a one in a million girl, as Tubes would say. 
That, that remind it's all about the tubes so just now all of a sudden i, I really used to love yeah, the dude, tubes. you just you just gave me a really bad one in a million girl she's Step a beautiful yeah, don't be shy anybody know anything about that band i mean oh sure. yeah yeah fee well oh uh, talk, we're, talk we're, to talk to you later was better i think where were yeah. they where were they from san francisco oh yeah okay. and they, they when they first started out they were so glam you know when fee were those big gigantic platform shoes and well, it was they were kind of yeah yeah it's it kind crazy. of a parody a little bit of a parody a of glam, parody yeah. of glam rock white yeah. white punks on dope was their big song yeah yeah and i love the song don't touch me there live yeah mm -hmm. oh, it was so sensual <laughs> it's like but yeah they were great and even when they went into the regular pop and mtv thing i like, like those songs too so anyway that's what we'll do video kill the radio star and uh Anybody got anything want to say before we say bye? Anything important? Or not important? Welcome back, Buff. Welcome back, yeah, Buff. Yeah. Glad yeah. you're feeling better. Well, thank you. And I hope I'll feel a whole and, lot better. And we will not be seeing you next week, will we, Jim? I you, will be in California yeah. with my daughter, helping her move into her new apartment in college. Uh, but uh, so um, have a great week without me. I'm sure that uh, that you'll miss me something terrible. We'll but I'm you sure, know, I'm sure life goes right. life goes on. As We're thinking of putting a card. As, as John as Cougar as said, as, as, as Beatles and John Cougar and lots right. of other people. Yeah, have said. and almost everybody else. I think we're yep. going to put your, put your picture up there just to pretend you're here, put your lawyer picture up there. The uh, that's, I forgot, man. Yeah. These are all going up on YouTube. Now, aren't they? Well, yeah, some of them are. I don't know if this one will or not. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah if, I'd, like, if i'd have remembered that i'd have worn a shirt well we don't we don't we did that i would have worn it. pants maybe it does much better on audio we didn't really get that many people watching the video it's not really worth all the trouble it's just uh it doesn't you know it doesn't draw people in for the video they rather i think they rather hear us and see us i can understand that man yep. i'd rather i'd rather not see us or hear us. yeah me too <laughs> me too <laughs> But right. I, but but nobody told me that was an option. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just like they didn't tell you that pants were an option. But anyway, we're a, that was just a little wacky joke. Sorry, folks. All right, let's all say goodbye to Rebel. Bye, Rebel. Bye, Rebel. I know uh, he's he's always the first one to comment on the show. So all right, man, I'm out. See you next all week, right. Buff. All right, thanks, guys. Take all care right. yourselves. Oh yeah, we're oh, by the way, we're closing with the Almond Brothers Band. Here we go.
Oh, yeah, man. That's a great, great, great song right there. Written by and performed by Dickie Betts and the Allman Brothers Band, Back Where It All Begins. God, I love that song. Great way to wrap up our return uh, program on the Kudzu Radio Hour. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, uh, without whom we would be not be able to do this. Um, first of all, there's Springer Mountain Farms, of course. Springer Mountain Farms has fresh chicken responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no junk, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts, just fresh chicken raised in the uh, best environment possible. You can uh, learn more about it and order, even order online and have it delivered to your doorstep. Yep, sure can. Just go to springermountain.com and see what all they've got to offer you. Springermtn.com, Springer Mountain Chicken. Healthier and tastes great. Tell them Buffalo from Kudzu sent you. Please tell them, please tell them. Program's also brought to you by the Boxmasters. You know we love the Boxmasters. I call them that little old band from LA. <laughs> uh, led by uh, Bud Thornton um, and JD Andrew. Bud being the lead vocalist, uh, drummer, and uh, both of them co-write songs like a new Lennon McCartney. They just write great songs, great songs. And they'd like to do eclectic covers as well. So that's cool. The Box Masters have a, their latest album is called Light Rays. You need to get it if you haven't got it. You can pick up the album. You can pick it up on CD or download or, or vinyl, any of that. And so much more is at their website. Plus, while you're at their website, check out the tour dates because the Box Masters, yeah, are going on tour this summer. Or unable to go, uh, they were kind of uh, held back from going last year because of COVID. So everybody's excited to get back out and play again. And uh, we're excited for them to be able to do it. So anyway, it's all good. Uh, the Boxmasters, find out all about them at theboxmasters.com. That's theboxmasters.com. And also follow them on social media on Facebook and everything. And on Instagram, I believe it's called Boxmasters Official. Uh, but JD uh, Andrew keeps that thing hopping every day with vintage pictures and new uh, and current pictures, all kinds of good stuff. Theboxmasters.com. And uh, like I say, uh, we appreciate uh, them sponsoring us on the program very much and being our buds being our buddies so anyway we'll see you guys uh i hope you enjoyed the program today and i hope you'll tell your friends about it because we love it we love doing it and we hope you guys enjoy listening to it if you've got any suggestions email us and let us know we're happy to listen always happy to listen to you so that's it for now. And I guess we'll catch you all next week. Uh, please check us out next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. See you lost. <laughs> God, I can't even talk. Later, Gator. <laughs>